Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of baking here. Oh. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's holiday season. Also, Justin bakes when he's anxious. So like the combination of holiday baking and then anxiety baking we just have like platters of baked goods all over the kitchen. <laughs> I feel like that would be a really good um, setup for a baking show. Anxious baking, you know? Yeah. Just sort of like stress rant about why you're not happy that day and why you chose the recipe you chose to complement your anxiety that you're struggling with. It, okay. I would watch that. How do we, how do we find... Now, there's two ways you get contestants for this show. Either one, you have to find people who are already anxious about something and then bring them in to bake about it. Or you have to bring in people who aren't already anxious and make them anxious and then they'll start baking. Well, Which way are we going? I mean, I just meant it just, just stars Justin McRoy as a constant. <laughs> it's like, it's like you know, like a baking show, but it's always, those are always like soft lighting and pleasant music in the yeah. background. No, this is all just like high stress. This man has a lot of anxiety, but he's going to make a cake. <laughs> it's a like, very intense baking show. Yeah, it's like Cutthroat Kitchen, but just one person baking. And it's just Justin <laughs> and it's sabotaging just Justin. himself. Oh, <laughs> you pictured it in your sad. head, didn't you? I know. I know. Well, I mean, it does help though because it soothes him. Oh. Well, that's good. There are a set of instructions. You can control the outcome. You have something nice at the end. It's predictable. I get that. Yeah. That's why I don't like baking. There's too many instructions. You can't play with it. You're a scientist. You should love I baking. I don't, that's true. I've never liked. I don't like the idea that I can't just sort of like make it my own. No, but I see, mean you can. I mean you can a little. I don't. I mean to say you never can, but. You can, you just have to like factor in the changes you make and sort of redo the math. And that's the fun part. Mm -hmm. Like you can follow a recipe straight up or you can like, oh, I want to add a little bit of liquid volume. So I need to compensate for it somewhere else or going to add this spice. So I'm going to supplement this out. That's the fun stuff. We were helping the, uh, the girls bake these mini muffins from a Disney princess cookbook this morning. And... Justin had started helping them and they they were supposed to have blueberries and they didn't have we didn't have any blueberries which the girls didn't really want blueberries in them anyway so this all was working out for the best and I was like well what are we going to put in them if we're not going to have blueberries like what flavor because they're not like a flavor now it's just a muffin like a I don't know what plain sweet just sweet yeah sweet bread (laughs) yeah sweet bread plain muffin flavored muffin so I was like well we got to put something in it and Justin was like no you don't and I was like, well, no, let's let's mess around with it and see if we can put something else in it. And he like walked away. He was like, straight up, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm, le- I'm leaving. I'm doing something else. I'm not assisting in this effort, in this perversion of the, of the recipe that you were attempting. Now, so we had to. I want to clarify, though. I know Justin didn't want a perversion of the flavors, but he did not wait for the muffin tin to be available to make these muffins. No, it was supposed to be mini muffins. And we didn't have a mini muffin tin. We just have like a regular, a regular muffin tin. Sure. To say it the way my girls do. And so we, 
instead of like using the regular muffin tin and just making fewer, he got out a Madeline tray. You know, those those are for for those not familiar. They're these cookies that look like seashells, ovular, kind of. Yeah, and they're like ridged. Mm -hmm. They sell them at Starbucks. (laughs) Aren't they French? Yes. Yeah, they sound French. They are. Just like the little yes. girl Madeline from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yes. So anyway, we he he had already greased the Madeline tray. So now we had we had really drifted drifted far from, from many the original muffins. plot. Mm-hmm. Now we're making Madelines. Well, see, I I would argue that I think I think I can follow his reasoning on that. I think he was considering the size, the approximate amount of liquid volume that goes into a single mini muffin unit. And was assu- mm. like subbing in the Madeline tray as an equal amount, so you can mm. keep cook times the same. Now, here's the secret: does he doesn't sense. know. It does make sense. It does make sense. And they and I will say, like right before we started, we came down to record. They were done, so they look great. They look good. I don't know how they taste, but they look good. And we did sub, so they're supposed to have a little cinnamon. Instead, we upped the amount and subbed it out with pumpkin pie spice, mm. mm-hmm. so they have a flavor. And then uh, Charlie wanted to add a little bit of vanilla. So we added like a quarter teaspoon of vanilla extract. So we'll see. But, um, but, uh, oh, I completely forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> There's a secret. What was the secret? There's a secret. Oh, oh, the secret. The secret. That was the, se- oh, the secret. I forgot. It's the secret. so secret. Sydney forgot it. Was it was so secret. I forgot it. So we were, so we're, ma- so the three of us were making them together, me and Charlie and Cooper, and we'd done all the dry ingredients in one bowl. So we were doing the wet ingredients in the other bowl. So Charlie and Cooper had already gotten the egg in there, picked the shell back out that was in there. I made sure, sure that was out. So that's in there. There's some vanilla in there. There was some milk in there. And then I was melting butter. And I melted the butter. And dumped it right in there without letting it cool much. And as I did it, I thought, no, I'm scrambling the eggs. Oh, no. You got to be careful adding a really hot thing to eggs. Yeah. Because they cook. Because they cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they started whisking it up right away. And I can't guarantee there weren't little bits of scrambled egg in there. I am not, I don't think there were, there were still some little teeny bits of butter. Like I actually pulled one of the little yellow bits out and ate it to see like, is this egg or butter? And it just seemed like butter. So it's I think, a really gross experiment. You did. I, well, I was so worried <laughs> that I had scrambled the eggs and I'd made scrambled egg muffins. Then they're breakfast muffins. Yeah, that sounds well, like a thing. But yeah. we'd also put pumpkin pie spice and vanilla in there. So I don't know how all that comes out. Sweet eggs. <laughs> Pumpkin My pies, point is, spice, they m- egg muffins. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> they might have some scrambled egg in them. Is my point. I don't know. Justin's gonna eat one and let me know, probably. <laughs> so sorry Unique about creation. That. Well, your kids like scrambled eggs. Well, the weird thing is, Charlie was eating scrambled eggs while we were making them, and I had a thought: like, did I scramble the eggs, or did Charlie? Because <laughs> she was sort of like eating them over the bowl as she was helping bake. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> we're just a mess over here. We're just a whole big mess. Anyway, so I'll let I'll let you know in the next episode how the scrambled egg, vanilla, pumpkin pie spice, uh-huh. Madeline muffins turned out. Well, if you're still talking about them a week from now, they were either really good or really bad. <laughs> yeah. 
no in between. I don't like my chances. Either just eggs or the best Madeline muffins you've ever had. Mm. Well, he can give them to dad. He'll eat them either way. That's, That's true. true. Even <laughs> if he no fr- actively hates it, he'll eat it. Yeah. yeah. As long as there's no fruit in there. If there's fruit in it, he won't eat it. But there's no fruit in them, so, so it's fun. It's allowed. Um, Tay, what are we talking about this week? Uh, I don't have a transition eggs. from egg muffins. That's all right. Uh, today uh, we are talking about uh, one of my favorite bands, the Menzingers, uh, specifically their uh, 2012 release on the Impossible Past. Um, I don't know. It it was strange to me. We say this a lot on this show. I don't know how I had never um, listened to any of this. Tay, it fe- it felt very similar to uh, to other bands that I was into, other music that I listened to in the past. Well, I would say it's because this was definitely a college band for me. Um, mm. The uh, this was yeah, like the I mean, I think their first album came out in two thousand six, uh, so it would have been when I was already away, and then. I was introduced to the music actually like right after I graduated. I uh, lived in a in an apartment with someone who grew up with the members of this band, who was oh, from okay. Scranton. The band's from Scranton, and uh, uh, I I lived with somebody that knew them. And so at the time, I mean, this was like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. They were not big. Now now they're very well established. They're on a major label, but at the time they were just still sort of a a small band that had had like a, a, a somewhat successful like independent release and mm-hmm. they would play shows in our living room. Like I knew oh, them as God, just really? th- these nice boys from Scranton that would come and play a punk show in our living room. Uh, Cause we lived at like a, a punk loft, a building with a lot of units in it where everybody had shows. So mm-hmm. uh, did yeah. they take the train? Did they take the train? From Scranton. <laughs> oh, pro- maybe. I think they had a. I think they had a van. You think they ever saw Bo Jiden on the train? <laughs> I knew that's what you're gonna ask. Yeah. Bo Jiden likes trains. <laughs> I, I thought maybe he was on there at some point. I don't know. I'm not them. sure. I gotta be fully honest, guys. I watched The Office obviously mm-hmm. when I was younger, and I they're at Scranton in yes. that show, that television program. This is and accurate. I thought they made it up to <laughs> sound like just like a standard, typical like small Pennsylvania town. You didn't know it was a real place? I didn't know it was a real place. And then Bo <laughs> Jiden talked about it. And then I was reading about this band. I was like, oh, dang. There are lots of people from Scranton. <laughs> Either that or it's a big conspiracy that everyone has made up. Even Taylor's in on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> telling us about Scranton. <laughs> Taylor's one of the only people that knows if Scranton is real or not. <laughs> well, or maybe I just, I've interacted with a lot of, of Scranton agents that I didn't realize. So I've been oh. led to believe it exists. Now listen, if you're from Scranton, we are not insulting you (laughs) or your town. We live in West Virginia, and most people don't know it's a state. Well, I live in West Virginia. You all don't anymore, but I do. And most people don't know it's a state. (laughs) Well, we have towns called stuff like Big Chimney. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not one to judge your town name. I just genuinely thought it was a made-up place. (laughs) Well, We have a place that's called Hurricane. It's just spelled like Hurricane, but it's called Hurricane. I mean... That's that's it. That's everywhere. Like I don't know. We we got a street called it, it's Houston, spelled like Houston, but it's Houston. People get mad at you if you say it any way, any other way. Do yeah. you think it's one of those things like Houston and Hurricane that people here or there just made up to make people not 
that aren't familiar with the vernacular, like, oh, you're it, a tourist. You're not from here. Yes. Is that how we tell yeah. who, the, who the new people are? Like, That's what I'm saying. Like, you know someone's visiting if they ask you for directions to Hurricane. And I assume it's the same thing if, like, someone asks you, like, how to get to Houston. <laughs> yep. That, there's something about that that fits so well. Just especially here where I'm like, uh, where I can imagine the person saying, like, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel, where are you from, outsider? <laughs> I mean, as different as New York and uh, and West Virginia are, and they are in so many ways. I feel like in that <laughs> oh, sense, yes. they are that they are the same in that like, we are oh, the same. <laughs> you're not from here. And I need to I, I need to know that you're not from here. <laughs> and you need to know that I know that you're not from here. <laughs> And I'm going to be keeping an eye on you because I don't know what you're up to here. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I was um, I, I really enjoyed this music and it was just it, that must be what it is, is it was just the timing. Because I was thinking like I feel like you and I listened to a lot of music similar to this mm-hmm. um, when we were living in the same place. And then I don't know. I also have this sort of like black hole uh, that is med school in my oh, life okay. where I didn't. I, like no new things were introduced no no movies or music or tv sh- there's no like pop culture from those years that i really i didn't engage with at the time some yeah. of it i found later i'm not saying i don't know anything about those four years of my life or even in residency seven years but like it was all delayed yeah so this would have been in those years the lost years my lost years yeah <laughs> i did not learn about pop culture i learned about bodies now i'm back to pop culture Anyway, I really enjoyed it. I found it like you said it was punk music. And of course, obviously it is. But I didn't expect it to be sort of like the the kind of lighter punk, <laughs> the poppier punk. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's I mean, I feel like there's a lot when you say punk music, people think of one specific thing. And a lot of what qualifies is not that specific thing. It's not screaming in like two minute songs. And this is very yes. like as they've aged, as they've they've they're albums uh have definitely matured with them uh and they've now i feel like they've settled into almost like a bruce springsteen vibe which Mm -hmm. i feel like is still like the the seeds of that are in this album like i'm Mm -hmm. gonna tell you stories about like they they all kind of tell stories there's a lot about like small town people and you know regret and stuff like there's a lot of what they grew into in this album but it feels like a departure from what we think of as punk rock Yeah. yeah I think that's where my age shows is because like I heard it and I thought punk, but that's because my perception of punk, I think is entirely like pop punk, yeah. <laughs> um, like uh, Green Day or like Paramore even mm-hmm. like where it's definitely not quote unquote punk rock. Um, but to me, that's that's what it is. It definitely was. That's the first thing I, I thought of was Green Day listening to it. Because that's one of the things I liked most about Green Day's music was that they tell stories. Yeah. And it was not just like, you know, like you said, yelling. Um, no, and that's this felt very much the same. That I could actually listen and hear stories, which is one of the things I like most about music. And this album, I think, most most specifically does that. Like, So the albums before this, this is a bit, it's not a departure. I think it's just a big development. Like, their albums before, they were a little bit, there was a lot more screaming. There was some occasional rap. Uh, they they stopped doing that by this album. Which oh, think, oh my gosh! You know, uh, um, so it, it does have a bit of that like 
operatic almost quality that Green Day songs have, you know? Like, yeah. you're yeah. like, oh, I can see this as a musical. Like, this is... Yeah. So it really was a little bit of a mold breaker for them, this album. And it's the it's the first... It was declared, like, album of the year by a couple publications. Like, it was a big swing and a big hit for them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so you knew all the band members personally? Well, I mean, they they slept on our floor a few times. Uh, I, I made them coffee once uh, with a, a coffee pot using a, a paper towel as the filter because we didn't have a uh, coffee filter. <laughs> Taylor. And that's, I just knew them as very nice boys that sometimes slept on our floor and were friends with my, my roommate. Um, so they were good house guests? They were. They were very polite. They were very nice. Uh, years later, they would still like, like through my friend, get me into their shows. Like just, you know, like, oh yeah. They, like we never like, like we hung out in like large groups, but I do not have mm-hmm. a personal relationship with these dudes. Um, but that was nice. Though. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Um, uh, actually, it is- oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to change topics. So go ahead. Well, as I was gonna say, the in the song, um, the obituary is where they sing about um, a rooftop in Brooklyn that was covered in bad graffiti. Mm-hmm. That is that is my house. They're singing about my old house. Oh, yeah. I remember that oh. rooftop. You, you've been in that. You remember that apartment? <laughs> oh, I remember that apartment. <laughs> that's, that's. I remember we went in the summer, and I do not believe you had air conditioning. No, it was very. It, you you got sick. Justin got sick. One of you got sick. I got sick. Yeah. I got. I think it was a combination of dehydration and. Um, Maybe a hangover. That maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what? That doesn't maybe, sound like you. Maybe a hangover. Yeah. We uh, were younger. We didn't have kids yet. A, a, a windowless, like poorly ventilated room is it great for a, a hangover? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was just thinking, and that sort of sort of speaks to that. I, I'm, I'm imagining you making coffee with a paper towel filter. And I feel like that's so far from who you are, because when you make things, when you prepare, whether it's drinks or coffee or food or whatever you're making, like you always make something so good and thoughtful and you pay such attention to like the detail of how you make things, especially like something like coffee. Like it's hard for me to imagine you doing that now. Like that's a that was such a different tailor that would make coffee with a paper towel filter <laughs> uh, indeed well i, I that's <laughs> indeed that's one of the things I, I like most about this band you know we've talked a lot about bands or artists that either age with their audience or specifically keep trying to make music for the age group that they first hit it big with you know and mm-hmm. there's a bit of discomfort either way uh i don't know if there's a correct route it's just which one you choose and i think this is a band that has chosen to age with their music and that's one thing that i really like is like this album to me was very much like the height of my, I don't know, my, my gross punk days, like mm-hmm. living in that apartment, you know, just, I mean, just everything was disgusting. No one was a civilized human that I lived with. And I certainly wasn't. And I would never, you couldn't pay me to go back to those days, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm glad that they happened. And like now they're more, their newer albums are a lot more mellow, you know, they're more reflective, they're kind of chilled out. Like I have chilled out with this band's music and I think the band itself. And that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. That's a whole evolution to trace, to to have music that can follow you through that way. Yeah. Yeah. And again, everything comes back to Taylor Swift. That's why I love, (laughs) that's why I love Taylor Swift. (laughs) She was writing, she was writing for me when I was seven and now she's writing for me when I'm 22. She gets me. I don't know that I have an artist like that. 
Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the difference there is Jimmy Buffett was never writing for your age demographic when you, you know, were deeply that's obsessed true. when you were like 10. Well, that's what, when I was 10, I was listening, I'm like, that's music for me. And it was music for people <laughs> in their 30s. <laughs> it was music for our father. Yeah. yeah. Listening to a pirate looks at 40, like, yeah, that's for me. <laughs> that's for me. I'll be 11 next year. I can totally relate to that song. <laughs> I wish I was a pirate too, Jimmy. Anyway, let me have my third cup of black coffee and then head off to second grade. <laughs> that does have to be special, though, to kind of not just have an album that's reminiscent, like that reminds you of a time in your life, like where you know what you were doing when that came out and you first heard it, but also has the same vibes and like feel of that time in your life. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that has to have like a... I can see why that would be a meaningful album to you to have it like correlate with both where you were and also have it bring about memories that fit Mm -hmm. the, fit the era, if you will. Um, I want to talk more about the songs specifically on the album, but before we do that, let's check the group message. Uh, so the holidays are coming up and everybody's trying to figure out what do you get your loved ones? I know that's always hard around here because, um, I never know. Like dad never, tells us what to, other than socks he always wants socks he always wants socks we can't all get him socks every year that's too many socks i mean what so if maybe, we did to teach him a lesson you know <laughs> that is a direction we could go um but maybe you don't want to just give your dad all the socks in the world um and you're looking for something new uh why not check out story worth StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for year to come. So here's how it works. It's really easy. Every you sign up, uh, and then every week, StoryWorth will email whichever relative or friend you choose. So you can choose somebody that you know really well, but you want to hear more stories from some, you know, a family member or a friend that you think I would love to know more about you, and this would be a cool way for us to like get closer and learn more about our past and and things that we just have never thought to share from for with each other. And anyway, they will send you a thought provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of possible options. And they're all pretty unique. They're things you wouldn't necessarily come up with in everyday conversation, stuff like what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life. Um, and after a year, StoryWorth will compile all of those in all those stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book. And then you'll be able to share that and revisit it for generations to come. So it's a great way to keep track of things and learn things about people that you love that uh, you wouldn't always think to ask. So Taylor, if our listeners want to check out StoryWorth, what should they do? Help your family share their story this holiday season with StoryWorth. Go to storyworth.com slash stillbuffering today and save $10 on your first purchase. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash stillbuffering to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash stillbuffering. Um, so Taylor, were there any particular songs or, you know, like we've kind of talked about, they do they do feel like stories. Mm. They all like like independent little narratives and things were there ones that you particularly liked or that you connected with it's you know with this album it's i feel like almost every song like i have just Mm -hmm. i i love but i mean some of the big ones for me uh i mean i think one of the biggest hits on the album is probably the obituaries which is the one with that Mm -hmm. that line about a rooftop in brooklyn uh yeah for you know and i think this was this is sort of symbolic of the time for me the chorus of that song is i I will F this up. I F and know it. And for some reason, when I first heard it, I thought it was, I won't F this up. Mm-hmm. I F and know it. 
And I, I I remember singing it that way at a show. And it was only afterwards that one of my friends was like, I like how you just like, like, no, I'm going to be positive. I'll put my own spin on it. I'm like, oh, I thought that was the lyric. And I feel like that represents a lot of what my life was like at the time. <laughs> like, I won't F this up. No, actually, your line is, I will. Oh, <laughs> that's all right. No, I, I like that. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you, you were doing that subconsciously, like intentionally. You didn't know. Yeah. You needed that. <laughs> Your brain needed that. It's good that I didn't know. Yeah. That dose of positivity. Um, yeah. What were the, I didn't know. I was trying to figure out what were the, were there singles? Was this after, was this still during singles? Did we do singles at this point in history? <laughs> what are singles at this point? I don't know. Yeah. I think there were singles. I want to, I want to believe, I mean, I don't remember at the time. I mean, I just, we just, the, the album released and we all were listening to it because it, you mm-hmm. know, it came out as a whole. But, uh, and I'd heard some of the songs already because they were playing some of the songs before they released the album at their shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the the first song, Good Things, I love that song. Yeah. I think that's great. It's just such a great start to the album. Um, I like that one. I liked, I liked the second one, Burn After Writing. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I also like Casey a lot. Um, Wikipedia, by the way, is telling me that the obituaries and Gates were singles. Okay, mm. that makes sense. Yeah, Gates is a great song. Mm-hmm. Gates is such a good, just like... It's a it's a you know classic sort of like sad boy love song, but it's mm-hmm. still I don't know it carries a lot of carries a lot of weight for me. I love Gates. I like that one a lot because I like very typical sad boy love songs. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna walk up to your gate and throw my lonely soul away. Like it's like all right, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there's always been sort of like a something like that, which is not that's not a pretentious statement. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a very kind of raw, honest. Um, I always I always appreciated that, especially about a lot of these this kind of punk, because I never got into as much of what I think of the more yelling type punk. Yeah, <laughs> I always like I knew it existed. I knew it was out there. I knew you knew about it. <laughs> I didn't really. <laughs> it wasn't my exact you know preference and so i did i never knew much about that world but this kind of stuff i knew a lot more about because i enjoyed it i liked i liked listening to the lyrics and figuring out what are you talking about and what are you feeling and i like that kind of i didn't i didn't have a feeling or a thought and then take it and sit down with it and parse it out into something that would be like very flowery or fancy or like try to add some larger like words in there to show off. Like I, I wasn't trying to make this the most poetic thing ever. Mm-hmm. I just said the thing I feel. Mm-hmm. I think there's something really lovely about that. And and I feel like you can get moments of that in this music where it's like, this is exactly how I feel and I don't have to make it sound any prettier than this. Yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah, it's just like accurate details. And I mean, some, I, like sometimes it's like, I don't know, for some reason, one of the line that <laughs> I'm not... I think I think younger, far more uh, uh, emotional, dramatic Taylor. This a line in a su- the Sun Hotel, and it's just, "I will leave you alone, and you will leave me alone." And he sings it back and forth, but you understand that the implication is, yeah. "I won't bother you. I will leave you alone, and you will leave me alone. I, you'll abandon me." And that, like, I feel like that's very powerful, like writing Mm -hmm. that you can you're singing it with the intonation that you understand that you're saying 
you mean that in two different ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is really powerful. I think that's why it's a good point because it's a good line, but also it explains some of the moments where it feels very reminiscent of like almost like an American idiot type uh, operatic musical mm-hmm. jukebox esque album because that's another moment that's very much like it depends on the the intonation and like the surrounding context and it's not just like you know words that are being sung over and over again mm-hmm. like it has deeper meaning that's explained through more of the other aspects of the music than just like you know what mm-hmm. you're hearing if that makes sense yeah i don't think that they've ever called this any sort of like a concept album but i feel like and i, I don't you know, I don't know if that's maybe me putting it on it, but I do think there is a through line story to this whole album, you know, like it builds, I feel like it's a lot, I mean, even from the title on, like on the impossible past, because there's a lot of mm-hmm. reflection, both at like good times, sad times, losses, you know, and I feel like that's like the whole album does sort of, it is the story of looking back at your past, all the stuff that hurt and, and all the stuff that just feels incomprehensible and trying to put words to it. And and that it is, there is a narrative, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and I always feel like, I don't know if that was a time period where bands were more likely to do that. I don't know if this is a genre thing. I wouldn't say it is because so many different types of artists will, will do an album where, and they don't, like you said, they don't even have to call it a concept album, but you can feel that this is on a theme, mm-hmm. that this was a, a complete narrative or it is it is exploring a certain idea even if it's not said that way and i always feel like those are the most those are the ones that get you the you know that like touch you the most and um it's why i liked kelly clarkson's christmas album last year so much <laughs> it told a story <laughs> it was it was a christmas album about loss and 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 hopefulness and like relationships falling apart and and what you're left with and what you can hope for <laughs> but, but so a Christmas many, album and so many people were like dang Kelly it's Christmas this is a little sad <laughs> except for Sydney who was like yes Kelly I want to cry during Christmas you know, you know what the Christmas season didn't have enough of divorce songs <laughs> <laughs> well well oh, you got a whole album full amazing you gotta all, find that's all we need that's you what gotta find needs. your niche you gotta find the what's the what's the gap in the market? What, what question are people not answering? I think she'll do it again this year. More divorce part two. Yeah, if she's making albums just for me. Mm-hmm. Why do you now? Wait a minute. <laughs> this is not for you. You're happily married. I know. I am. I don't know. I don't want to get divorced. I hope I don't get divorced. I have no interest in that. But but I really enjoy an album about but divorce. If it had to happen. I have the, you have the soundtrack. It's like to know that you're ready. Yeah. Well, but I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah, that's true. Like, I am prepared. I always <laughs> like to be prepared for things. Um, but I, you know, it's the same ideas, like listening to songs like this that sometimes are about like heartbreak or longing or loss or like, like being alone, those sorts of ideas. Like, I don't necessarily feel that now, but it's nice to remember how you felt. I don't know. Yeah. It's nice to be in a different... You know, time really is a construct, and like where are we go, you can ex- you can experience What's happening? we are all taking moments. off. Let's just go with it. Let's take a little ride with Sydney here. Instead of thinking of yourself as moving through time, think of time as moving through you. Mm, is what I okay, would propose. Right. And like at any point, you can be at a different 
moment in your own timeline if you consider the fourth dimension of time, which our brains can't conceive of well, but you can try in any way. Songs like this are useful for that. <laughs> Me- memory, sort of. Memory. <laughs> time moving through you is just Sydney's way of saying when you remember things right. that happened That's in the past. The fourth dimension is, is, is memory. <laughs> I'm talking about something so much bigger than that. Okay. <laughs> um, I do think, though, that... that Especially like, and I'm 22 as I'm saying this, I know it sounds silly, but like, I feel like when you look back on when you're younger, you always had bigger feelings at some point several years in your past than you do now. I mean, like your feelings get really big at some point and then they peak. And then after that, it's like, you've had so many feelings they start to not feel like it's the as most big depressing feelings. thing you've ever said. No, to me. I don't. I don't mean like happiness. I mean like whenever like this one thing would make you like sadder than you've ever been when you're like yes. sixteen. You know, like your first breakup or heartbreak or whatever sure, is like sure. devastating, and then five years later, nothing is ever that devastating again. If that makes sense, you have things to compare it to. Yes, exactly. You have more life experience, so mm-hmm. you're able to like handle feelings in a more like moderate way. Yes. And I like listening to music from when I was like of an age where everything was awful all the time and all my feelings were so big that I was listening to music. It's talking about how every heartbreak or like Mm -hmm. fight you have with a friend or whatever is like the end of the world. It's like, man, I used to have some really big feelings about things and now I'm a more well-rounded adult, I think. (laughs) Well, I I agree. I feel like 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 youthful emotions are, you know, like when you when you, you you slide in the softball game and you get a strawberry, mm-hmm. you just got the big. It's when you skin all the leg off or mm-hmm. all the skin off your leg, and it's like yeah. that's like youthful emotions are like that. Like you just got exp- like it, everything hurts. It's just yes. right there on the surface, and you don't you didn't become deadened. You didn't lose anything when your skin heals. That's that's how you you're supposed to be. Exactly, it's just you're sort of burnt, born a raw nerve. Your, your emotions yeah. come forward as like a raw nerve and they, they've got to kind of adjust. They have to learn that pain happens sometimes and you recover from it. That is Good. a much better way of saying I had big feelings. <laughs> no, no. I, <laughs> no, that's exactly what I meant. Like, yeah. yes, everything is so intense the first time it happens. And then, you know, you have that to to mm-hmm. help you through it when you're older. It, uh, I mean, it probably has something to do with the fact that your frontal lobes aren't fully formed at that point. Sure. Yeah. I mean, mine's still not. <laughs> Don't well, I have like three more years? Nah, yours isn't completely done yet either. No, still but cooking. I, but I mean, it, like in all seriousness, it is true that that changes, and you. Uh, I always call it because, like, sometimes when I'm really stressed out and I have a lot of things that I'm trying to do at the same time, and then I'm also trying to like be a human. And, mm-hmm. you know, relate to people I love and care about in normal human ways. I'll say that everything's coming in really loud right now. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to cope because it's all mm-hmm. coming in so loud. And there is, while that is, usually I'm saying it in kind of a negative way, there is something nice about knowing I can still feel things that way. You know, like, and I think music like this, it helps you connect to that ability to to let things come in loud and just have that reaction to them. And sometimes it's not healthy, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's nice to know you can still feel that way. Yeah. Well, like I, I think that like the kind of the, the time period in my life that this album sort of freezes in place was a time period of such highs and lows of like 
the highest highs, the most fun, ridiculous, like just parties and and outings and you know just like what Mm -hmm. just living completely irresponsibly but also having a lot of fun and then incredible lows like incredible anxiety incredible sadness incredible confusion and loss and that's you know i'm i'm okay with the fact that now i feel like everything's a little bit even keel you know (laughs) there Mm -hmm. there are days that are less good there are days that are better but it yeah i agree like i listen to this album and i remember that you know, that person that I was and all those people that were around it. And, and, and even like, like that time period is so tied to like, like there are people from there that aren't, there aren't, that aren't here anymore, you know, and they're, they are forever in these songs, like singing them with me. And that, that's, that's really cool to always have, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. You're talking about the process we go through when we stop fighting the Babadook and we let the <laughs> Babadook live in the basement and feed it periodically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have come to the conclusion that there is a a body snatcher that has taken Sydney's place in this episode, and this is not Sydney. What? Our sister. Because there are some things you've said the past few minutes. I'm just like, what? Or is Sydney? Is Sydney? Um, has Sydney enjoyed any? Um, are you talking about all the baking that you've been doing? Have there been any Mm. special baked treats? No, no, nothing fun this morning. Okay. And all our mimosas from yesterday are gone. All right. All right. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, there was a lot to get through. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I think it's what we've kind of been talking about. Music, the, this music reminded me, even though I hadn't heard it, it's weird because I had never listened to this music before. I don't even think I had stumbled across these songs, which is strange too. But again, mm-hmm. you were listening to this in the time of my life that I wasn't listening to any music really. Yeah. Um, but uh, it took me back to those days. It took me back to like standing in the YWCA, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like my my little baby doll t-shirt with some sort of ironic thing on it and my and my although by then i was gonna say my giant jeans but by this point i was wearing the skinny jeans with the chuck taylors because that was the thing skinny Mm -hmm. dark jeans and chuck taylors i was probably intentionally wearing my glasses instead of my contacts Mm. because that was like a cool thing Mm -hmm. and like feeling like so cool because i was at a show i'm at a show a show Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because like my boyfriend's band is playing with a couple other somebody's boyfriend's bands and right. you know yeah <laughs> like I the, it took me back to that even though I had never listened to this music which is a cool thing. Well, and that that's one thing that I, I like about like you know the, I, I chose this album because I feel like it's sort of it's the one that a, a lot of it's their big album. I mean they've had a lot of really great releases since then and uh, the the more recent ones as they've kind of you know had the same sort of mellowing i i appreciate it because it you know now i i I get where they're at now but yeah looking back on this album it is it's just like it's frozen in time it is this it is like highs and lows i mean i think it even helps like because you know there's a lot of i think when we think about our young years where we're making lots of mistakes we're learning Mm -hmm. a lot of things all at once Mm -hmm. and a lot of it's painful it's easy to look at those years with regret. Like in, you know, what did I do? What did I do for 10 years? What did I, you know, I, I worked crappy jobs and lived paycheck to paycheck and 
lived in disgusting places and it's it's nice to kind of have a way to parse it out like it doesn't have to all Mm -hmm. be good or all be negative it's just it was life and it was necessary to get to where i am now and Mm -hmm. that's you kind of file it away (laughs) yeah but it's still it's but i would say too it also makes me think that it exists somewhere like it didn't stop you know what i mean yeah it didn't end it's just it's somewhere else like it's still existing well you know yes serious on the other universe i am sort of hinting at a multiverse sure (laughs) it's another universe where i'm I'm still listening to this album and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is the only album in that universe that's fine (laughs) it was probably the only album in my universe for a while uh see i get that i've i've been there um yeah. When you when you approach forty, you'll start sounding like this too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like like I don't know. I mean, like their most uh, what's that? I don't know. They're trying to think some of their more recent songs. Like, I they still they still make me feel like it's it's weird to know that there's there are people out there that are writing songs that are grappling with the same feelings you're feeling with as somebody in your like well into your thirties, looking back and being like, what did I do? Like that was, mm-hmm. I can only now, I feel like their softening is like now their songs really only reflect on the past in a sort of loving, sad way, which is kind of, I think, where we get with the past, you know? Yeah. And it, it's it's wild to see that paralleled in this, this band that I w- crossed paths with in a tiny way that these dudes are out there writing songs about, oh man, I'm looking at 40 and I am tired and <laughs> like, what? still don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm used to not knowing what I'm doing at this point. So that's good. Mm-hmm. It's rough, though. It's like a pirate looks at 40. Hey, a <laughs> punk looks at 40. <laughs> there we are. I would listen to that. It's full circle. Well, listen to some of their new albums, actually. That's kind of what it is. <laughs> well, that was very, see, what a nice little, it all came back around. Yeah. That was lovely. Thank you, Taylor. for one for the books. Yeah, for <laughs> showing us this because I had not ever heard of them. And I feel like a lot of times you all bring albums that I did not know I had heard, but like mm-hmm. there are at least one or two songs that, like, oh, yes, I have heard this before. I genuinely, I don't think I'd ever heard any of these. And I genuinely enjoyed all of it. Yeah. So I would say you. the same. Not yeah. Bad. Well, thank you so much for listening. Um, and, uh, yeah. Hey, if you like this, I've got more more of their music that I would recommend. They have they have a newer song called Bad Catholics and it's about growing up mm. as a bad Catholic that I think you both would appreciate. Oh gosh. I do we need to listen, listen to that, that next. <laughs> yeah. really good song. We definitely were that. All right. Well, what's next, Riley? Oh gosh, okay. Um <laughs> well next week is our first episode in the month of December. Um, the holiday month. Uh-huh. So there's no new Vanessa Hudgens movie for us to watch this year. No, no. But instead, Netflix gifted us with something perhaps even better. And that's a Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie <laughs> called Falling for Christmas. I'm very excited. I, I just, yeah. I didn't, I genuinely wanted to watch it anyways. So. You have already watched it, right? I have not. Oh, because see, I want I want there to be a Vanessa Hudson like appearance. I feel like every Christmas movie they make should have one. Mm-hmm. Like she's just a different character. <laughs> she's required. I, yeah, I want a multiverse of her in the holiday world. Every time she's in one, though, she has to be like an extra version of herself. So yes. like she now there's been three of them. Now there mm. needs to be a fourth that's also related to them, but 
um, not her. An exploration of time and space using Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> in holiday movies as an example. I love this. It's my thesis. Let's make this happen. Sydney, have you been reading like quantum physics or something? Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I know you love Benedict Cumberbatch, but I didn't know you got fully sucked into the multiverse. No, I think I figured it out. Riley, this is a Sydney from, from the future or oh, from some oh. other universe. Mm-hmm. And that's, she's trying to hide and pretend that She's our Sydney, but she's not. And that's why she's talking about all this stuff. We, we're on this to you. This is not our Sydney. What did I do with the other Sydney? <laughs> I don't know. Uh-oh. Check the muffins. I, that's what I was going to say. Check the muffins. What's in the muffins? <laughs> What's the flavor? Sometimes, sometimes Cooper will yell, it's people. <laughs> <laughs> Soylent green is people. And she doesn't know what that is. It's just something pop taught her. And yeah. so sometimes she yells it, and I'm like, this is going to freak people out. <laughs> I hope she does that at school lunch one day. Absolutely. It's people. <laughs> well, Amazing. thank you, Taylor. Thank you. <laughs> for introducing yes. us to the men singers. It was excellent. Um, I would highly recommend it wherever, wherever you listen to music. I never know where to tell people to listen to music. It's just on my phone somewhere. I look for it on my phone. <laughs> well, and I, I should, it, just because it's timely, they just actually released a... Uh, album of b-sides called the impossible or the possible past that is correlates to the impossible past so that's that's mm. the new album release you can get the vinyl of that it's also on streaming there services but yeah. we'll get that um thank you listeners uh you can go to maximumfun.org and check out lots of other great shows that you would enjoy you can tweet at us at still buff you can email us at still buffering at maximumfun.org and thank you to the novellas for our theme song baby a change your mind this has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am, am too. too. Oh, don't tell Justin that the girls. You know, I want to break it to him. What? That, that is people? <laughs> that I'm from the future. <laughs> we have no loyalty to future Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> Past Sydney was a mess. Are, are you like a Terminator, Sydney? Have you come back no. in time to? Wouldn't, gonna... it, wouldn't it be terrifying if I just melted into one of those liquid puddles <laughs> like in Terminator 2 right now? Wouldn't that just be like absolutely horrifying? I do bring Sydney, that up. That was really you know the first rule of podcasting is you, you, no visuals, you know, nothing that you have no to No visuals. <laughs> okay, I'll do it when we make a video later. <laughs> Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Listen, you like podcasts, right? Sure you do. Don't try and lie to me. You're listening to one right now. So why not try a different one called R1, The Flophouse? Uh-huh. And on The Flophouse, we watch a movie and talk about it. And then sometimes we also do other stuff. It's all meant to be funny and fun, and we think you'll have a good time. And just to be clear, the name of the podcast is not R1, The Flophouse. It's just called The Flophouse. <laughs> I do a lot of correcting Dan. The Flophouse. A lot of correcting Dan. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.